0: Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at Citizens. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy. We're going to be continuing our series on the book of Habakkuk. Um, uh, We'll be covering some of what we went over last week for those of you that were not here. But this morning before we start and as we start, I would like to open things up with a a quick question. Um, Just hear some of your input, some of your feedback, hear what you have to say. But let me ask you this, what is something that you don't necessarily like doing? What is something you don't necessarily like doing? Something you don't Like doing, maybe you're not even good at doing. Anybody have something? Taking tests. tests. Okay, that's one. Math, Math, okay. (laughs) Laundry. Dishes. Dishes. Cleaning. Cleaning. All right, give me something more general. More general as opposed to something specific. Something more general. What is something that you don't necessarily like having to do? Anybody have something? Dishes. Good one. That's a good one. Paying bills. Paying bills. What? Okay. Whoa, let's do that. Surprise, surprise. I didn't think I was going to hear that from you. Um, one of the things that I myself don't really like doing, and I'm not very good at, if I'm being completely honest, is waiting. I don't love waiting, right? Yeah. Ah, look at that. <laughs> waiting for me is something that, if I'm being honest uh, with you guys, again, uh, I often struggle with. Uh, for example, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a in a rush to go get food. Um, if you have, or if. You do struggle with waiting. My suggestion is, if you are on a time constraint, do not go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has a 10-person or 10-car-per-line base, right? Starts at 10 cars, and then from then on, uh, it only grows longer. But every time and any time you roll up to a Chick-fil-A, unless you go today... They will be packed. And, I mean, I I figured that that wasn't going to be the case. The other day, me and my wife, we went there to Chick-fil-A around brunch time. And my assumption is if Chick-fil-A is going to be empty at all, at any point of the day, it's going to be at brunch time, right? It's past the time where people like to go and get breakfast. Some people like going to the breakfast menu, right? They're going to go get breakfast. But brunch time, you know, it's right on the verge of flipping over to the other menu. And at that point, it's too early for lunch anyways. But we went and still the same thing, right? You can't escape that massive line at Chick-fil-A and if you've been to Chick-fil-A before, you know why the line is huge. It's because there's something heavenly in the chicken that they have. Um, but it's still difficult to, to wait if you struggle with waiting, per se, or if you're in a rush, right? When, when we talk about waiting, it can, be in, it can be extremely difficult for us. Some, like I said, more than others, and in my case, I, I struggle with waiting, um, but I think and I believe that each and every one of us, to some extent, to some level of extent, we all struggle with waiting. And if I'm, if I'm actually um, being honest with you, I think I know that for a fact. I- I'm pretty confident in saying every single one of us in this room struggles with waiting because we've all, in some way, have grown unaccustomed to waiting. The world we live in today, right, everything around us in our society today is trending in the complete opposite direction. If you look at everything in our culture, when you look at the price of things, when you look at the quality of things, every single time, it is always associated with what? The speed and efficiency in which you get something. Right? whether it's the product, whether it's the service. And people, they will go to extremes. They will pay a premium just so they get things answered and their solutions fixed now. And that's the way the Western world is. That's the way our culture is, right? We love our time. And the Western world is built and optimize to do everything possible to give that time back to you. So what happens when you do have to wait, right? What happens when the city of green decides to put in another roundabout, right? We all know that a roundabout is helpful, right? It makes things a lot easier for us. The traffic is a lot smoother, however, There is nothing worse than having to endure the construction of a roundabout. You have to wait. What happens when things don't come when you want it? Or how you want it? You don't know when it's going to come. How it's happening. What's happening? What happens when you have to wait? A lot of us, we get frustrated. We get annoyed. We get impatient agitated, distressed. What happens when we ask God these questions that we talked about last week? Why? 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 What happens when we ask God these questions? Do we wait for his response? Are we waiting to hear what he says? Last week, we talked about and learned about this prophet Habakkuk. And in chapter 1, we find and we meet this man 2,600 years ago who is looking at the world around him, and he is seeing evil, injustice taking place, and he is asking God, what's happening? Why do you seem to be indifferent about the sins of your people? Why aren't you doing anything? So he asks God, and and God reminds him that he is working. As a matter of fact, God tells him, Hey, listen, I'm working, and I'm going to do something that not you and not anybody would ever imagine. God is going to use Babylon, these very powerful and yet equally as wicked people, to chastise, meaning to rebuke God's people. And in light of that, Habakkuk, He is perplexed, meaning he is confused. He has a lot of questions, and he asks God after asking him, why don't you do something? His follow-up after hearing God's plan is, well, why are you using the wicked against your people? And if you were to simplify that question, the question that he asks God then is, why are you going to do it that way? God, why don't you do something? finally hears it, and he questions, okay, well, why are you doing it this way? And despite everything that we've seen in Habakkuk chapter 1, at the end, we did see, however, that although he didn't understand why God would choose to do it this way, he had his fears, obviously, knowing the Babylonians would come and overtake his people. Obviously, he was afraid, and he was distraught. He was in distress, that did not alter or change what he knew about God, that God is who he says that he is, that God is, in fact, faithful. And because he knew then, because he understood that he could trust God was working, and he can trust in God and his heart and who he is, even if he could not see his hand at work. So today, After looking at his posture in Habakkuk chapter 1, we are going to look once more at Habakkuk and see how he continues to be an example for us. And this time, not in how we should come to God, right? Last week, we saw that we should be honest and and come to God with these questions. But now he's going to model for us what it looks like to wait to hear from God. If we look at chapter 2, we're going to look at four verses this morning. You can read along with me. It will be on the screen here for us. This is what it says. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. And as you can assume, as you can guess, as you saw on the screen already, the key word for this morning is faith. Wait, wait, waiting and watching, as we saw here. Habakkuk, he positions himself in this way as he waits on the Lord. And as we read here, this is not something that us as believers should do, but if you look at verse 4 again, it says that we will live by faith, that the righteous... That the just, depending on your translation, will live by faith. And this verse four here is crucial to the book of Habakkuk and so much of Scripture, that the just will live by faith. This is the center, the focus of this book. right? Everything in this book that we read in the book of Habakkuk points to this verse. It is moving towards this verse, reminding us and and telling us again that the just will live by faith. In Habakkuk chapter 2, he has already poured out his heart twice to God. He has already come to God with his questions, why? Why? And now, as he awaits God's response once again, he waits for him. He puts himself in the position to wait for God to respond. And God does respond. And his response is, the just will live by faith. Again, I said this is something that we find scattered throughout Scripture. Paul uses this time and time again. He says this in Romans. He says this in Galatians. The writer of Hebrews also says this in chapter 10 that the just will live by faith. And in this passage, it says that we will live by faith, not that we should, meaning that the just, the righteous Believers can be identified by their faith. So, what do we do when, like Habakkuk, we are waiting on God? When we ask God questions and we are awaiting a response. Or maybe we have the response, but we are waiting to see it come into action. Waiting for God to move his hand, so to speak. Are we watching? When we are wondering what he is going to do, how he's going to do it, or in this case, when he is going to do it. Habakkuk, he's been asking God what his plans were for his people. And God did have a plan. And we read it. We talked about it already, that he would use the Babylonians. That only happened, that only happened years later, right? God reminds him again, I do have a plan. I am working, but it will take time to come to fruition. Sometimes that's the case for us. So God instructs him. He responds. He says, although you have to wait, wait on me. His instruction was for him to wait for it, but specifically, more accurately, he's saying, wait on me. Wait on the Lord. How do we do that? How do we wait on the Lord? And really, that's the crux of what we're going to be talking today. How do we wait on the Lord? The same thing that he says to Habakkuk, I believe, he instructs us to do. We have those questions when we ask God: Do you wait? Do you watch? And as you're waiting, how do you do that? How do you wait on the Lord? The first thing I want us to look at this morning and identify. As we wait, and highlight is to wait patiently. As we wait, we are instructed to wait patiently. If you look at verse 3, it says this, If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Another translation would be linger, right? If it lingers, wait for it. And again, to simplify this, what he is saying is be patient. Be patient. It might be slow. It might not be in the time that you want or that you think is best. Be patient. If you look at Job, Job 23, uh, verses 9 and 10, as he is talking about God, we we, we see this same idea, right, talking about being patient an act of the will. Patience is an act of the will. There's a definition for it. Tim Keller says it's deliberate laying down of the burden of assumed omniscience. Assuming that we know all things. Being patient means that we come to an understanding that we don't know the future. We don't know what's to come. We don't have to pretend or act like we do. We can be patient and trust in who does. Job says this, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when he is working, I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Job here understands that even though he does not know where God is, God knows exactly where he is. He might think that he knows everything. He might think that he knows what's best, but he doesn't. He doesn't. To wait patiently is an act of the will. It is a decision we must make. To be patient. No longer assuming that we know what is best, and we lay down that burden, that responsibility, and we wait on him, and we wait on his timing. Verse 3 says, The appointed time. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. Chosen time. Appointed. This is a word that's um, used in the Old Testament when talking about festivals. Talking about these appointed seasons. When these festivals would take place. Times in which God had prepared. God's vision to him. What he has told them had an appointing time. It would come at the right time. A lot of the times we can make the mistake in thinking that just because we're confused, God is confused as well, that he has no idea what's going on. He doesn't know how to deal with the situation. Do not make the mistake to think that this delay, the slowing of your, of your response Is God stalling? Is God trying to scramble and put something together before you hear back from Him? That is not the case. His time is best and He knows best. We may not understand it. We may not know what's going on. But my encouragement to you again is to wait patiently. Do not grow impatient. We wait on Him because our faith is not some of some sort of negotiation. Faith is not a negotiation with God. Just because we don't see him act on our own accord and our own time, better yet, the way you want, does not mean that you have the justification to stop obeying, to to stop serving, to stop waiting on the Lord. Right? Just because... He does not respond in the way that you would like or when you would like, does not give you permission to, to be impatient, a, a, a justification to be impatient, because impatience is not a, a, an excuse for disobedience. It's not an excuse for disobedience. In the midst of waiting, doesn't mean that you forsake everything, forget everything, stop serving God because he does not answer you the way you want to be answered or when you want to be answered. Habakkuk, he doesn't stop seeking God or serving God, even though he doesn't understand. He stays at his post. He stays stationed at his post, and that's our second point as we wait, wait with the right perspective. As we look at this first verse here in this chapter, we see that Habakkuk is stationing himself in a tower. It's a watchtower. It's a watchpost. And if you know anything about a watchtower, um, in that time, the cities would have walls to protect them. And This watchtower, it was used, the purpose for it was for you to climb up and for you to be able to look over the wall and be able to see what was coming. As you climb the watchtower, you would be able to see incoming reinforcements, you would see travelers, you would see the people from the city coming in, and also you would be able to spot any danger, any threats that were coming. And it was the responsibility of the watchman who was there to stay at his post, to be alert, to be focused, to be dialed in because the city depended on the watchman. He needed to be absolutely focused and attentive of what was happening because if there was any danger, he was responsible for alerting everybody else. And as We use this illustration about talking about this watchtower. Really, what the emphasis here for us is in considering the right perspective is in the same way, when we wait on God, we have to have the right perspective, just like a watchtower would give a watchman. A watchtower offers us a vantage point a better perspective on what is to come, on what's lying ahead. And spiritually, to wait on the Lord means doing everything you can to gain that perspective. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Another word in another translation for consider is reckon. I reckon that the suffering, consider the suffering. The Greek word here for that, consider, reckon, means to calculate, to add up. He's saying, I have added up all of these things, all of the suffering, I have counted them all up, I've put them all together, and he. He is suffering, as he writes this. He has a thorn in the flesh, right? He has a problem with his eyes. He has persecutors chasing him, and in the midst of it all, his problems, they look humongous. They look large. They look very big when he's in the midst of it, when he's looking at it face to face. However, when he compares it to the glories that are yet to be revealed to him, they pale in comparison. In a sense, he too is going to a watchtower, so to speak, and he is looking at his circumstances with the correct perspective. What he may have intentionally presumed to be unbearable and hopeless no longer seems as daunting, the reason being his sin has already been dealt with. The debt that he had has already been paid. He has already been forgiven. And oftentimes when we are tasked with having to wait for God, we have a problem doing so because we don't have the right perspective. Our problems are too large. They're too big. We get impatient. We can't see it from God's perspective. We can't see how he could possibly do something. We can't see when he is going to to do something we do not have the right perspective when we are face to face with our problems when we do not take a step back right? when we are face to face with our issues all you can see really is what is on the periphery you can't see what lies ahead same so to speak if you were to consider this um, watchtower right from the ground level you can't see what's happening beyond the city walls from the floor, from the ground, you can't see what's to come. You can't see what lies ahead. You're restricted in regards to what you can see. Your view is limited. So like last week when we talked about when we have all of these questions, why? Why this? Why that? How? All of those questions, it doesn't really matter. We won't we won't get an answer, it won't make a difference if we keep asking if we don't bring ourselves to a place to try to see and understand those whys. If we don't seek to have the right perspective, we won't understand. We have to position ourselves like Habakkuk does. He needed the right perspective on what God was doing in the world. And although it's good to pray for these things, It is also good to be still and know that he is God. Waiting on God is not just an act of the will to be patient, to choose to wait on God's timing, but it requires that we change our perspective and align our minds with God's perspective as much as we possibly can. Lastly, and as we wait for God, I want to encourage you to be waiting for him planted in his word. If you read with me, In verses 2 says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. God tells Habakkuk here, Write this down, write the vision. And he also says, Make it plain. He says, Write it plainly. What I think he is saying here, I believe, is make it clear. Make it clear, not saying, Hey, don't write in cursive, or I know you have bad handwriting. Make sure you write it clear. He is just saying, make it clear. Do not overcomplicate things. As you are writing this down, make this clear so that those who read it can run. Notice the order there. That's important, right? So that he may run who reads it. God calls him to stay faithful to his word, and the same goes for us. When things are uncertain and confusing in our lives, the thing we need most is clarity. The thing we need most is clarity, and there's nothing more clear than God's Word. Nothing is more clear and more uh, wise and, 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 and useful than God's Word. It's the best resource that we have available for us in times in which we are confused, we question, we wonder, we are perplexed, and we are left trying to understand what is happening, it offers us wisdom. Like this passage in Habakkuk, he was instructed to write these things down for those that read it. And that includes you and I. He was tasked to write this book so that eventually those who did read it can run. That includes us. It's no mistake that we have the book of Habakkuk. We all go through these things. We all can sympathize and relate to Habakkuk. We all know what it's like to have questions, to wonder, and then to have to wait. We have in Habakkuk an example for us. We have him to look at. However, this roadmap that we have full of examples, God's word, full of his faithfulness to us, there's no better example than his son, Jesus Christ. And Again, I just want to talk about this last verse that we looked at and that the just will live by faith. I want to do that by looking at Romans chapter 1 as we close this morning. Paul says this in verses 16 and 17, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For it is in the righteousness of God, for the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can actually live the way that we are to live. It's only through Jesus that we can be patient with God. We can't wait for him unless we look to Christ. Examples like the garden, when we see Jesus waiting on the Father, despite knowing what lied ahead, despite knowing what was to come, despite... Understanding what his obligation was, what his duty was, what his responsibility was in dying on the cross for us, experiencing that gruesome death that he did. He says, "Not my will, but yours be done." So the application for us today is this: Don't let uncertainty lead to any kind of instability in your faith. Last week we talked about how sometimes circumstances, situations in our lives, they, they influence us a lot of the times in a negative way. They shake our faith and they, they give us a, a misunderstanding of who God is. Because of circumstances and because of situations in our lives, we are tempted to believe lies about God. We know that's not true. We know who God is. We know that he is faithful. And now as we wait, when you sit and wait and watch for God's response, you wait for his hand. As you are trusting in him, I want to encourage you and challenge you to not let uncertainty, the unknown, what is to come, shake your faith. Bring instability to your faith. Because God, he in fact does know all things. He is not uncertain. He is not confused. He is not stalling. Although it was slow, the same challenge that he has for Habakkuk, he has for us, wait for it. Specifically, wait on him. Wait on the Lord. When we look at Jesus again, and we see what Jesus is doing here for you and for me, we can then be patient and endure, because He was willing to be patient and endure what He did for our sake. Remember again, once more, that the just will live by faith. Our faith is an uh, is an indication, identification of the righteous. It's not. It's not a. Again, as we saw, wait. Right. It's an imperative. He's not saying that as a recommendation. Hey, you should be faithful during those times as you wait. He's saying, wait on me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you again um, for your word and for the book of Habakkuk, um, the prophet who was tasked to write these things down, this conversation, this dialogue that he has with you, Lord. We can understand, Lord, that sometimes we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of whys. We don't know why things happen in our lives, and we can be confused and perplexed as well, Lord. But I pray that we would be honest and transparent and, and be able to come and bring those questions to you, but also as we await your response, as we await those things. Um, to come to fruition, Lord. I pray that we would be patient, that we would seek to have the right perspective, and that we would be planted, rooted in your word. I pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. All right, good morning, and uh, citizen. All right. got to get used to that first.